0: That's right. Uh, GG marches on. We're just about halfway through it. Um, Five courses in this first level. Uh, The one coming up this week is uh, uh, how to give, and that should send you straight to the golf course. Um, You know, I I have figured out that uh, the best place to uh, address that subject is not here. Uh, It's there. Uh, And I I, I just stumble upon that strategy. I'm not that smart to figure it out. But I'd much rather do it there than here. So come be with us if you like. You know, you don't have to stay. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to pay anything. Just come on. Uh, then we have uh, how to be happy though married, and then we have uh, uh, parenting. And that class should last about six minutes, and uh, then you'll be on your way. I um, hope you'll be a part. If you're interested, uh, we'll be there ten o'clock this this Saturday morning. On how to give. Hey, guys, a week from tomorrow, Vacation Bible School, 500 kids. Did you know that um, 100 of those kids will be from the inner city? Did you know that? They're going to be bused in. Um, did you see that we had our 100th homicide in Memphis yesterday? We celebrated. Yay. You know, <laughs> Oh, I wish I could do something about our city I got something for you to do. We're going to have access to 100 kids who don't have a tenth of what our kids have, and we got a chance to explain, define, teach, preach, illustrate, sing the gospel to 400 kids, and then 100 from the inner city. Um, you available next week? Come be a part of that, guys. You retired, you know. Got some time on your hands? Come be a part. We've got to do that well. Not just because the kid's coming from the inner city, but it is a chance. It's, a, it's, it's, it's better than most things that we do or that, the, that anybody's doing. It's a, it's a chance. So come be a part. Now, as for my text this morning, it's very brief. Um, in fact, it's only half of a verse. It's, um, it's out of a passage that you know well, it's a famous passage, the 23rd Psalm. Um, it's only half of verse five. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, one that the one that David wrote. Um, but here's my text for this morning. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He prepares a table before me in the presence. Of my enemies, the grass withers, and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Guys, what I'm going to do, uh, that, that, that statement that David makes, I, I'm going to use that kind of as the theme for three months on our Lord's Supper Sundays. Um, if you're new to Grace Van, we have the Lord's Supper once a month, normally on the second Sunday of the month. And I'm going to use that statement in Psalm 23 as kind of a, um, the theme of things that I want to say. Um, this morning, I'm going to give you an example of that statement out of the life of Elijah. Now, a lot of you know Elijah. Uh, you know, he was one of the, the tandem, the two favorite, uh, uh, two famous prophets, Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah, you probably already know, is the one who fought that, that epic battle on, the, on Mount Carmel uh, when he withstood 450 prophets of Baal. You remember that? And, and uh, challenged them to a, uh, let's find out who the real God is. And, and they danced around and cut themselves. And it was a big day. And then at the end, uh, God answered with fire and uh, the 450 prophets of Baal were slaughtered. I think most of you already know that part of the story. But did you know that the story goes on and that right after that giant victory there on Mount Carmel, Elijah, because of a threat from Jezebel the queen, runs. Did you know that? He runs. He ends up underneath a broom tree, whatever that is. He ends up underneath a a broom tree, and he is so depressed and suicidal that he asked God to take his life. Could I read you that part? This is the part that you may not know. Um, It's just four verses out of uh, 1 Kings 19. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights into Horeb, the Mount of God. Did you know that part of the story? After the giant victory at Carmel... He runs uh, from the threat of a woman who was the queen and then um, prays to die. Well, that part of the story you might know too, but this I bet you don't know. Uh, The background that led to this great event on Mount Carmel. Do you know what happened? Do you know about that? Uh, let, me, let me tell you the, all this, and um, it, it's just some history, but you can find it all in 1 Kings 16, about the 35 verses or so. Everything I'm about to tell you, you can find in 1 Kings 16. But here, here's kind of the background um, for the, the Mount Carmel event. Here, here's, here's what uh, the backstory is. You ready? Um, Basha, B-A-A-S-H-A, was king. Uh, But he died and uh, passed on the throne to his son, Elah, E-L-A-H. He was uh, not a very good king, and uh, he was then assassinated by one of his chariot commanders, who was a guy by the name of Zimri. Uh, Elah was over at Tirzah, that's a city. He was over at Tirzah getting drunk one night, and Zimri broke in and assassinates the king, Elah, all right? Uh, And then uh, for the next seven days, he systematically disposes of every descendant of the house of Uh, Basha. A lot of bloodletting uh, for seven days. Unfortunately, Zimri's reign only lasted seven days because the head of the army, whose name was Omri, O-M-R-I, Omri then (coughs) attacks Zimri. In the city of Tirzah, and Zimri, <laughs> Zimri is burned to death. A lot, but he's burned alive in his own house. Now Omri takes over. Omri takes over, and immediately he has to fight a little battle, a little um, rebellion led by a guy by the name of Tibni, T-I-B-N-I, um, and Tibni is defeated by Omri. And about uh, uh, then. Everything begins to settle down at least a bit. Omri is now in charge, and he rules uh, for a while, and things at least compared to those previous four kings kind of settles down and quiets down a bit. But then Omri dies. And uh, the throne is passed to his son without incident, and his name is Ahab. You recognize that name? You will in a minute. Hold on. Ahab is now king, but um, though you might have looked at the uh, the, uh, the nation, and, and by the way, you do know that Israel was divided up into the north and the south. You had the southern kingdom in the south uh, called Judah, and then you had the northern kingdom called Israel. And, and, and what I've been telling you is about this northern kingdom. Ahab was king of this northern thing. Well, um, if you'd have looked, you'd have thought, well, you know, gosh, things really have settled down under um, under Omri, but, but the text doesn't say that. In fact, the text says just the opposite. The text says um, um, uh, that Omri acted more wickedly than all who were before him, making Israel sin and provoking Yahweh, God of Israel, with their idols. So whereas the Omri dynasty had produced a little bit of peace in terms of uh, politically or geopolitically, the advance of wickedness in Israel was running full bore. And then he dies, as I said, and his son takes over Ahab. But his son is not to be outdone by his daddy. So he goes to Sidon, a city uh, on the coast, um, and and, uh, takes a princess from Sidon, marries her, and her name is Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel. And Jezebel was a worshiper of Baal, And so she brings her gods back to Israel with her. Uh, Baalism becomes the state religion of Israel, uh, getting rid of Yahweh. And um, uh, Ahab erects a statue to Baal and also with it sets up some Asherah. Asherah are just the female version, just the female deities And um, though the text has just said, uh, you know, Omri was the baddest guy that ever lived, it goes on from there. This is verse 33, and it says, Thus we are told, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel than all of the kings of Israel who were before him, and did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. Did you get that? It just said that Omri, his, his daddy, was the worst that ever lived in terms of wickedness. Now his son takes over, and then it says, Well, I was wrong. He wasn't the worst. Now his son is Omri or Ahab, the son of Omri. Ahab's the worst, acted more wickedly than all the kings before him. Now, into that political and religious environment arises a prophet. His name is Elijah. And Elijah announces that there will not be a drop of water in the land of Israel until he says so. And God sends a drought on Israel. You remember? And then about uh, in the third year of the drought, everybody's looking for Elijah, and Elijah comes out of hiding, and he says, "Um, I'm ready to um, meet up with Ahab. And then they meet up on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal, and the event that you know about takes place after all that that's preceded it. Elijah wins. Prophets of Baal are killed. And then Elijah runs. And is so depressed that he wants to die. And in that setting, God prepares a table before him in the presence of his enemies. Love it when the, when the Bible does that. Here you've got this sweet promise made in Psalm 23 and then you see it fleshed out in the life of Elijah. God set a table for Elijah in the presence of his enemies. Now let me make two applications and we'll get going. Let me make a temporal um, application and then an eternal one. Have you ever been so depressed that you wanted to die? I bet you there are those who are here who would say yes to that. Um, I want you to know, I know that life can get so painful that you just as soon go on. But you're not alone, my friend. Elijah, the great prophet, prayed to die too. And not only Elijah, Jonah prayed to die. And not only Jonah, but Moses prayed to die. Great men. But because of enemies pressing in all around them, they just said, that's enough. I just, life is not so dear to me that I want to keep on here. I want to die. Just know that in the midst of Elijah coming to that place, God prepared a table before him in the presence of his enemies. That's the temporal application. Here's the eternal one. Ladies and gentlemen, we have other enemies of our soul. And God has prepared another table and set it before us in the presence of our enemies. Everything that the sin-weary soul needs is depicted on this table. That is, all the provision that Christ has made For people who are so undeserving as we are, everything that your soul needs has been set before you on this table in the midst of a world that's gone mad in sin. Everything you need, right here. Right here, ladies and gentlemen. Through Jesus Christ, God has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. So I invite you, come sit at this table. Come, um, come eat from this table, the one, the one prepared for us, in the presence of our enemies. Let's pray together. Our Father, I, I, I do pray that you'll remind uh, us that everything that we need everything that is necessary to render the soul safe for an eternity is represented in this sacrament. That everything that that we could possibly need or use once we stand before you is right here symbolized. So, Father, refresh the soul of your people. Remind them that our life is hidden with Christ and God. And that though the enemies uh, the enemies continue their assault, there is a table set for us. Just like Elijah, there is a table set for us that meets all of our needs. This one, refresh us in Christ. We ask it in his name. Amen.